it, Chris. Let him have it, Chris. Let him have it, Chris. Let him have it, Chris. There's a button, a switch for everything. You're listening to Aerial View worldwide on the internet. No tricks now, Chris. What kind of radio show is this? I heard his voice on the tape and it really put the hook in me. I've broadcast many, many times on both the light program and the home service. I'm sick of talking. I know how to talk to people. I've got this man go on the air, deliver a coded message. You're out of your mind. I'm not out of my mind. Oh, come on. Now, we're going to listen to what he said on the air. Because all we're dealing with here, after all, Talk show time against a man's life. I don't see that in any argument. I don't see you really upset about this. Hello. Something to live for. You speak English and Jesus told me so. Hello, steady voice. Chris, stand up and wiggle your hips for us. I know that guy. But we're dog and boy. Yeah, he's a nihilist. And I'll smash your face for you, your blockers. Why don't you stop that, huh? Stop it. Shut up. Conversation is a two-way street. I'm all I don't get I don't get your act at all. And I don't think you do either. I don't think you know what you're trying to do or how to go about it. You're stupid. I heard it over the radio. Real stupid. I'm not just talking about one person. I'm talking about everybody. I'm talking about form. I'm talking about content. I'm talking about interrelationships. I'm talking about God, the devil, hell, heaven. Do you understand? Finally! For you will not take me off the air for now or for any other speechless time. I'll pitch my voice wherever I please. I'm a famous radio personality now. Most people today couldn't care less about the radio personalities. I couldn't agree with you more. He's always talking about some radio star that I never heard of. You don't like my stories? You don't have to listen to my program. Listen to the radio. Find out what's going on. Listen to the talk shows and you will find out what's going on. Oh, man. Radio? Yes, talk radio. So boring, man. Okay, okay. The car just committed just suicide. Man, I have an idea now. First name, Mr. Bill Last name, I just hope this man realizes that being able to communicate with people all over the world carries a serious responsibility. Come on, baby. Show the man your power, baby. Blast him! Give him some of that tone! Showtime! Don't you smile, blow me kiss for this. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen of the radio audience. A very auspicious beginning. Sure, the talk show. You know, people phone in and make a beef. Oh, what about? Whatever happens to bug you, that's what you talk about. Sometimes he agrees with the caller, other times he sets him straight. Come on, fuck it, fuck it, fuck Why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? They said when you got here, the whole thing started. Who are you? What are you? Where did you come from? I think you're the cause of all this. I think you're evil! Evil! wondering if this was the same Chris T who does um, the radio show because um, if it is I think your show is really great um, but if it isn't um, I'm sorry to have bothered you this is an important message from the CDC you have been recognized as someone who has been in direct contact with a person or persons who have COVID-19 coronavirus. You are required to remain where you are and self-quarantine for 14 days and possibly more due to your small wiener. 
tiny wieners have will in more quarantine days. Wiener size like yours could triple your time. Please be advised that you have a tiny weenie. I thought it was, I thought we were living in the post-pandemic time. Huh? Huh? <laughs> what kind of warning message is that? Uh, there's Dang. no vaccine for that. None whatsoever. Hey, Todd Norlander, welcome back. Hey. To Aerial View. <laughs> hey, thanks Good for having have me. Uh, happy Juneteenth as celebrated. <laughs> That's true. It's now a federal holiday. Yeah. Jolton yeah. Joe Biden signed it into law. Federal and holiday. I think it's brilliant that it's like a Friday holiday. All the other holidays are like Monday holidays, and they're just like recovery days after like a long weekend. Here it's like, let's get the party started early, you know? It's like... <laughs> So it's always going to fall on a Friday? Nah, I don't think so. I don't, I don't, I don't know, know how it's going to work, you know? It's like... I worry about Juneteenth, because now I worry it's going to become like the Cinco de Mayo oh, yeah. of <laughs> yeah. let's celebrate yeah. emancipation, and all the white people are going to get in on it. Yeah, yeah. I'm look. like, maybe <laughs> it's okay if it's a holiday for African Americans. I... I think the rest of us should work. I think white people <laughs> shouldn't yeah. get that day off. How's that? Exactly. I mean, what the that, fuck? That, I mean, yeah. seriously, I'm glad that... We should cover their shifts, you know? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, go over to their house and do some yard work. Just yeah. something, anything. Yeah. Uh, rather than, you know, come up with a drink special. Because you know it's going to happen. I know. Juneteenth margarita or some goddamn yeah. thing. It's, right. it's a little depressing. Actually, but uh, yes, that's right. Tomorrow is uh, tomorrow is the actual day. I was um I was in downtown Portland last year on Juneteenth. Uh, I was um right in the heart of the you the know, commie resistance. The commie resistance, and it was just beautiful. It was just like speeches and celebrations, and uh, you know, don't believe the hype. It's uh, really your yeah. commie has no regard for human life, not even his own. Yeah, you bet your sweets, Mister Commie. Well, so did they have a big celebration? I'm sure they did in Portland. No. They must have, right? Yeah, no. Yeah. It was um, right in the, in the downtown. There was this big like theater area, and they just had speeches, and they had music, and everyone was celebrating, and it was like none of this anarchist, you know, breaking window stuff that like is reported on the news, you know? It's like- so it commemorates the day in 1865, if memory serves, when news finally got to Galveston, Texas, yeah. That yeah, that four years earlier or something, the Emancipation yeah, too, Proclamation. It took that long, yeah. <laughs> to get the news. You know right. that you're you're you now. You see, like the uh, you know the Texans free. were cutting like the, the, the um you know phone well not phone lines but telegraph lines. telegraph cables. <laughs> That's right. They didn't want word out. This no. is Aerial View on the HoundNYC.com, where every Sunday you can hear new hound howls. At 3 p.m. Eastern Time, followed by Mark and Miriam doo-wop, chop-chop in the air, called Grinch in the Party. I had a guy come in here today, because I like to do this gag of yeah. somebody coming into a record store and saying, you got those doo-wops on vinyl? <laughs> and I almost had that guy today. This guy came in um, with a bucket hat on and a puffer jacket. I mean, it's 85 degrees out. <laughs> and shorts. And comes down the spiral staircase into that cave, and he says... I heard you have vinyl. You have vinyl here? <laughs> I said, yeah, I got a little crate of records over there. Yeah. And I mean, this is not... There's other places to go buy records. I mean, my records mm-hmm. here, are, they're incidental. They're kind <laughs> of here because they've always been here, much like Todd yeah. Norlander. But yeah, well. he looked at him with utter disdain. And he pulled one out, and I think it was a James Taylor record. And why I have a James Taylor record is anybody's guess. I don't even know where it came from. I'm not... Particularly a James Taylor fan. I like James Taylor in um, in the the movie he made with uh, with Dennis Wilson. Oh, I never saw uh, that. Uh, no. Tulane Blacktop. You never saw Tulane Blacktop? No, no. That that must be wild. <laughs> I believe it's a Monty. Is it Monty Hellman who directed that? I think uh, it's like a 1969-1970 sort of two guy. It's almost it's like Easy Rider in a car. Basically, right. they go around drag racing for money and pink slips. Doing oh, these illegal street racing and Dennis like a Roger Wilson, Corman movie or something. <laughs> the, the characters don't even have names. Dennis Wilson is the driver in the credits, and James Taylor is the driver. No, I'm sorry. Uh, Dennis Wilson is the mechanic, and James Taylor is the driver, and Lori Bird is the girl. Ah. And then it also has Warren Oates in it, who drives a uh, Pontiac GTO Judge. 
It's a great movie. If you oh, if you've never oh, seen no, it, I'd, you got I'd love to check it out. Yeah, got to yeah. see it. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's an America that's long gone, documented yeah. in this film. But I don't particularly care for James Taylor's uh, oeuvre. You know, yeah. I'm not really into his singer songwriter. Call out my name. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's not my bag, man. Yeah, but you know. he pulls out the James Taylor record, this guy. He looks at it, and he goes, oh, this is, uh, this is in bad shape. Meanwhile, he the first thing he tells me, this dude, is that he deals vinyl over at the Mowers Flea Market in Woodstock. I know that guy. You know the guy. I, ugh, he, he, he like slicked black, like, obviously dyed hair. Yes. Um, ugh, I know him well. You know I, the I, guy. I, I, I had... I, I had a confrontation with him. What um, is he the guy that overprices all his records? Too? Precisely, like, like I, I, massively I, told, overpriced. I looked at looked at his box and like said like this is like a dollar box, you know? It's like and and uh, he he's, was, he's, he's severely offended. Oh, yeah. I know know him well. I mean, yeah. he, he sets up just um, right there in the Village Green when the Mowers isn't going on. Um, I saw him in town last week too, so that was probably the same so day. So the mother effer was going to come in here and buy my records and then mark them up and sell them yeah. himself. I'm like, you know, I don't really think I'm in the business of <laughs> selling to sellers. I I don't know that that is something I want to do. And you well, don't want that James Taylor record tough well, shit. Well, if he's selling records in Woodstock, I mean, James Taylor was perfect fit. You know, it was like I get it. I, yeah, I don't that doubt thing this. Would if... Go for top dollar in <laughs> yeah. Woodstock. You're right. Yeah, yeah. There's a guy at, at the Mowers Flea Market, and is that the guy? Because he's got a pretty elaborate setup. He's got oh. a lot of records out there. He, he but, all along two twelve. Um, you're like thirty dollars. What? No, no. Yeah. I, I, I just, I called him out one time, and he, he was deeply offended, and um, you know, I don't know if he recognizes me anymore, but uh, you know, it's just like. These are dollar records that you have these well, uh, exorbitant price tickets on. The know? other thing I didn't like about this guy is that he wasn't interested in anything. Else. I got a lot of stuff in this store. At least take a moment, look around, see if there's anything else, instead of like making a beeline for the records because you think you're going to take advantage of me and mark it up. You know, like what the F? Why am I so reluctant to curse? What the fuck is what I mean? Is uh, you know what? Um, there, there were snorers all around this town. You know, uh, good I, word. I love the, good uh, word, snorer. Yeah, yeah. I'm Captain Spalling. I got that yeah. from. But um, there were these free book, you know, little boxes all over town. At least seven of them often have really great books. And it's you know, I I rarely take more than one. And and you know, it's something I really want to read. But I see this is one guy in town. He'll go there and scour them and pull out all the great stuff. And you know, he's like taking them somewhere to sell yeah it just is just so antithetical to what you know the reason they're there you well know? in full disclosure mode you brought me some books earlier i'm probably going to sell them i mean well, i'm not going to sell them for a lot i found them you know? out on the street you yeah know, with the sign is it free yeah, you know yeah, yeah. and it was uh you know uh it wasn't a slight difference at least in my mind but good to know slight yeah. difference yeah why are we here tonight, you're wondering? Well, the show is called Father's Day Fallacy, but then I started thinking, I'm not sure I want to talk about Father's Day all that much, or fathers for that matter. I mean, I would like to know about your dad. Did you like your dad, first of all? You know, was my your dad, dad a good guy? My dad was a really good guy. Both my parents are really good. I you know, I had an, you know, a delicate childhood you know, growing up in the suburbs of Long Island. You know, My parents didn't drink. They didn't fight. My dad you know, was commute into the city he worked for bell telephone commute mm. to the city every day but he would always have time to you know play catch in the backyard he was a boy scout you know leader and just um everybody just thought he was i never saw him get mad he was just like a jolly guy jolly know, so, guy yeah jolly, what was his name dick <laughs> jolly dick jolly dick oh, okay. there you go <laughs> uh was he okay with being called dick yeah uh, he okay. was and um because it, you know we had to dissuade him. He, he he used to always take us on great vacations. And one time we drove across country and name belt buckles were really big. And we were somewhere like Tombstone, Arizona, and he wanted to buy a leather belt with a buckle. And it said Dick, you know, and it's like. No, we, we, don't do that, you know, Dad. My, <laughs> we had to explain, you know, Dad, you know. <laughs> Dad, you don't want to do that. But don't do that, Dad. It, it sort of shows, you know, just, I mean, he was not oblivious, but he was just like. 
happy-go-lucky, you know? It's like, so. <laughs> Not my dad. My dad was uh, a worried man, something tells me. I mean, right. I, my... My dad, not a great dad. I've talked about my dad. This show's yeah. been around since 1989, so if you've been listening for any length of time, mm-hmm. you heard me talk about my dad, Mario. <laughs> or as my mother called him, Mario. Mario! And uh, my dad, uh, kind of not really around a lot. Didn't take a lot of interest in his kids. Maybe the earlier ones. I was the last one, so by the time I rolled out, you know, I, I, I think his interest was, yeah, eh, he was done. Eh, another one, just another one, another mouth to feed. <laughs> Damn it. Another kid I'm going to have to think about putting through school. And of course, he didn't, didn't put me through school. He offered to. But then when I asked him, I said, hey, I think I'm ready to go to college. Suddenly, the offer was no longer valid. Oh, yeah. That offer expired. Yeah. I didn't know it had an expiration Don't they have free tuition date. at uh, you know, New York University or something? Oh, thank to Joe, thanks to Joe Biden. Not only is Juneteenth a federal holiday, now I can go to community college for free. Something ah, tells me. There you go. I can learn soldering or whatever skill <laughs> I need to pick up uh, at this point in my life. But, uh, yeah, so you liked your dad. That's good. I'm, I'm happy yeah, for you. Yeah, um... What you know, would you do for him for Father's Day? Would you make him some pancakes? Would you bring him his slippers? What? Would, what? No, you know, I, I, I like. What would young I mainly, Todd do? You know, for Dick. My, my brother. That didn't sound right. What would young Todd do for his dad? My brother's birthday was uh, June eighteenth today, so he would usually have a little cash. So we would, we would go in together, and we bought a lot of novelty items, I, items that probably would have been great, you know, to sell here. You know, ashtrays with cartoon characters you know saying world's best dad or or, or something funny you know a statue that says i love you this much yeah yeah that kind of yeah thing. you know yeah. i mean usually you know funny they were gag type gifts but uh you know I, I used to make cards for my mom but for dad it was always like a gag you know purchased gift you know from uh i did think it when i opened up this store that cave 106 partition street in Socrates, new york now opened friday's through Sundays, noon to five. It's under Pop Vintage, so come in and see us. Of replicating the Spencer Gifts in the Sunrise Mall in Massapequa. Yeah. The head shop of my youth. Oh, I could have just gone with, like, big uh, tapestries of, you know, Led Zeppelin album covers, that kind of thing. Sold some bongs, I guess. You know, there's going to be a dispensary here in town, right? We know that. Yeah. You know, I I live just west of the Sunrise Mall. You you lived east of it, but I know the Spencer Gifts well. You know, you'd go back in there and it smelled like... uh, patchouli and had had the black lights on and i think i got a a but wasn't novelty gifts a big part like of the front of that place because the front of the place was called home something i remember the first part was home it wasn't home depot or home goods it was home or or was it oh yeah it was spencer gifts but the jolly joint was in the back the jolly joint was the head shop in the back of spencer gifts so (laughs) up front You'd find all your stupid novelty gifts, and then in the back, you'd have your black light posters and your bongs. Right, yeah, right, right. That's what it, but of course, they didn't. It never occurred to me to ask them if I could buy some weed. Do you think they had someone to the counter? I didn't even uh, smoke you weed. You know, back I, then. I didn't smoke weed back then, but we had a very weird thing, and I remember it was in sixth grade. It was the, the thing to buy flavored rolling papers and chew them, and you know. You what know, kind of we, weirdos were you hanging out with? I, I know it was just like a, a thing, but you know, we, you couldn't we, just buy candy. I mean, why not? Cut but, to the but chase. But that wasn't cool, you know. Yeah, candy, yeah. everybody, everybody was like chewing gum, you know. But you know, we were getting like s- strawberry zigzags, you know. It's like, did they really have strawberry zigzags? I guess they did. I yeah, yeah. I mean, all right. Yeah. Well, wow. It was the '60s. Uh, Todd Norlander's here. We've heard about his dad. We'd like to hear about your dad too. Seven six zero four two two five five two eight. 760-I-CALL-AV if you want to give us a ring and let us know uh, what kind of dad your dad was and and what you would do for him for Father's Day. And then uh, the other thing we're going to talk about today is uh, what you're watching and or reading and or listening to lately. Um, I've got a few shows that I can recommend. Todd's got none because he's one of these people who's (laughs) proud to say he doesn't have a television. Yeah, you know. Is that just because you, uh, like, what if I bought you a TV? Would you then have a television? Or would you be like, I don't want a it's, TV? It, no, it's, it's not too, that I'm going to buy you a TV. It's too alluring and tempting, you know. It's like yeah. when I've been in a relationship where a TV is involved, I find I spend too much time watching it. And I'm a reader, and it mm. takes away from my reading time. And it's like, 
I want to be that person who like reads the books you know right, you right. know it says i feel like a dying breed you making know? me feel like a dope yeah. God well damn. you know it's yeah. like come on so i try to do both <laughs> i try to read and, and and yeah yeah consume television and there's only so much time in a day there's, there's you know? only it's so like, many hours in a day yeah you know? why can't there be more hours in a day that's uh, the question well 760-422-5528-760 i call av so your dad father's day he would get a novelty gift from you and your brother of some kind, and you would you know, get him a card, and it would say, you're the greatest dad yeah, ever. And yeah, we would, like, mow the grass for him or, Ooh, or, or something like that, gift, you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, uh, Just not bust yeah. his balls for one day out of the yeah, year, that yeah, kind of thing? Yeah, try, try, yeah. To, try to make his life easy. Uh, when know. did he depart, by the way? When, when did he leave us? Well, uh, it's inter- interesting because um, at 64, he had a heart attack. He was working... In Manhattan, Bell Telephone, and since I was living in Manhattan, I got a call from his work buddies. He'd had a heart attack. I rushed up to Bellevue, and I signed some off on something that you know allowed him to get some experimental drug or something that immediately cut out his heart attack. And no was, kidding, wow! And he was 64. I mean, I'm 63 and a half, so it's yeah. it's a wake up call for me too. But but um, he, you know. Stopped smoking, uh, started riding a bike, uh, exercising, and he, he lived to a ripe uh, age of 86. And um, That's you know, another, let's do the math, uh, 24 years? 24 years. And, um, you know, he, he he never... 22 years. He never got any, you know, senility or anything. He just, um, you know, got a little uh, older and slower. I but, would uh, consider myself lucky if I made it to 84. Yeah, at this know. rate. Yeah. <laughs> you have to add that at yeah. this rate. Well, I didn't think I'd make it past 30, so <laughs> I'm playing yeah. with the house's money, you know? <laughs> I felt that way, too. I remember, like, thinking as a kid, I am i don't think I'm going to make it very far. Right now, I'm, 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 only, I'm hoping to get... There's two things I want to do. I want to make it to retirement and be old enough. I want to outlast Donald Trump, because wherever <laughs> he's buried, I'm going to piss on his grave. I don't care <laughs> if I get arrested. I don't care what they do to me. I'm going to piss on his grave. Is this some secret, like, scientific experiment that's keeping him alive? Because he he seems like exactly... He took that drug they gave your father, sounds like. (laughs) No. Oh, God. (laughs) Whatever that was. I mean, he... he, Look, he... uh, I think even after you're no longer president, you have access to that top-notch health care, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, is that part of the deal? Like, if you become president, that you get great health care for the rest of your life? I mean, look, he obviously can afford good health care, too, right? So, yeah, so he's getting really great health care. That's what's going on. But he just seems the the picture picture of ill health, you know? It's like... Yeah, what? he's a, you know, he's a Gavon. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> he, you know, did you read that thing about, like, what goes on at Mar-a-Lago now where uh. he, like, all he does is sit down and have uh, steak and shrimp, like shrimp cocktail. He starts right. with the shrimp cocktail, and then he moves on to the steak and the potato, and then chocolate cake for dessert, and then Diet Coke. Like, this uh, is, you know, should we point out to you that you're eating a lot of rich, fattening foods and washing it down with a Diet Coke? I don't, uh, I don't you know. You know, Melania must give her give him, uh, you know, daily enemas or something, you know? Like, oh, dear God. Like, I, I, I just, I would love to get a glimpse inside of that woman's life. Just wouldn't you, wouldn't you like to know, like, what her own personal hell is like for 10 minutes? Or did she just... Make a deal with the devil. She just said, "I want to well, clearly. I want to be wealthy. I don't want to ever work. I want someone to take care of me, and I'll do anything." Well, for the, that. the first six months of his presidency, you know, she clearly did, like didn't want to leave Trump Tower. She loved New York. She, you know, yeah. and and it's like, what? I have to do go to what? Where? You know, like, she wrapped it up by bitching about Christmas. Exactly. Seven six zero four two two five five two eight seven six zero. I call AV. So because you're not a TV viewer, let's start with something. And by the way, you could still talk about your dad. If you want to brag on your dad, that's okay. But uh, let's get a a roundup from Todd about what he's currently reading. What's on your, they like to say, what's on your bedside uh, table? What's what's on your nightstand? Well, I'm I'm reading right now a book called uh, The Broom of the Systems by David Foster Wallace, the... uh, you know, the genius suicide. Um, his, you know, most well-known book is Infinite Jest, which was, 
I read exactly at the right time. And um, what would that have been? What, what was the right time? Uh, when it came out, you mean? Or no, no, no. Uh, well, I, I, it's hard to get into the details, but one of the subplots very much mirrored the subplot of my life at the time. And yeah. uh, I'm just gonna keep it like that. But uh, but. Yeah, he's 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 brilliant and perceived as difficult, you know, but he's not Thomas Pynchon and he's not James Joyce. His books are generally, you know, very entertaining, really funny and um What do you mean difficult? Like difficult to penetrate? Yeah, yeah, just uh not a difficult personality, yeah, you but Yeah, I mean it's not reading Hemingway, you know. It's uh Yeah. Um you got to be a smarty pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't read any of his books. I think someone at one point might have given me a copy of Infinite Jest. I don't know where it is. What I did yeah, with it. it's it's doesn't it have a lot of footnotes. Yes, yes, yes. But there, you know, once you get into it, and I've seen his interviews, and he explained why he put the footnotes in there, and they're just like once you're in the thick of the book, it's just the f- footnotes are almost the most entertaining part of it. You know, it's just like it's. Oh shit! I think I, I have to read this book now. Yeah, God, you know. It. How many did he put out before he? Uh... He only has like three real, no- well, two novels: is Broom of the System, which made him famous, Infinite Jest, and then when he committed suicide, he was doing another book about the. Um, I can't remember the name, but it was all about the IRS. Because one summer he like quit college. Oh well, one semester he quit college and worked for the IRS, and it's all about the inner workings of the IRS, and it's just. Hmm. Utterly hilarious, you know. What um, is Broom in the System about? Uh, um, it's hard to I- explain, uh, you know. Uh, Jesus, it's that. Yeah, yeah. It's the, that deep, huh? It's, it's you know. It's Can't not, sum it up. It's not plot driven. This this, yeah. this woman, uh, you know, her, her great grandmother and all the other people in her old home old folks home suddenly disappear and they don't know where they are and it turns out they're involved in some crazy plot to like put pineal pineal glands in baby food yeah yeah. and it's both gonna like you know retard aging and make younger kids smarter earlier and uh you know sounds like a great idea that's that's you know the loose plot, but it's just like the funny incidental stuff in between. That's you know why you go back. You know? Do you have a favorite writer? Would he be up there, like top five, top ten? Uh, you know, I, I like all the all the classical folks, and um, you know, I'm, I'm a big James Joyce fan. Bloomsday was two days ago. Um, oh, that's right. I, you know, yeah. I, I read the Proust's and the. Um, you know, I mean, my favorite writer lately has been Alice Munro. She's just like so prodigious, wrote millions of like short stories. And every mm-hmm. one of them is just like, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel I feel ashamed to say that my reading mostly over the last couple of years has consisted of nonfiction. I haven't really picked up any fiction to delve into it and read it. And I have a house full of books. Well, it's, I- I, it's a shame of mine. It's a deep shame of mine. I used to love reading fiction. I, when I was a kid, not a kid, teenager, young adult, whatever you want to call it, into my 20s, even into my 30s, I read a lot of fiction. And then somewhere along the line, it just sort of it went off a cliff. Didn't read fiction anymore. Well, you know, I, f- I fell down on your question. I mean, my favorite writer is Shakespeare, and it, it's, it comes off sounding... Willie? Willie yeah, Shakespeare? Yeah. It, it comes off sounding like, you know, snobbish or something, but... Uh, you would lead us snob? Like, you know, it's... If you just want to celebrate language, there's no, nothing better, you know. And um, you know, once once you know his plays, you know you you, you know the plot. You can just go back for the for the words and. Uh, Pretty good writer that Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah, he 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 did it all. Well, but, I read a lot of Hemingway. Like you mentioned Hemingway, but I tried to watch that documentary recently that Ken Burns did. Yeah, yeah. They yanked it off of the free platform. And stuck it on the pay platform. We uh. we watched the first episode. We were all excited, Sweet T and I, to watch the second one. <laughs> and then PBS was like, had their hand out. You pay now. Uh. You pay now to watch the rest. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Screw you. I'm paying for everything else. I'm not paying for that, too. I'm, I'm a sucker for Ken Burns. I, I, I actually was one of the few people who probably watched every episode of the baseball documentary and every episode of the uh, Me too. Jazz, jazz, jazz one, you know? Cause, yeah. 
And um, no, I've watched all of his stuff. Yeah, it's it's always good. He does a good job with that zoom and pan technique of it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I mean, a few years ago, I went back and watched the Civil War one again because yeah. I I was like I I forgot a lot. So let me go back and refresh my memory. Yeah, I yeah. I don't like the the music. It gets sort of cloying, you know the the old timey like supposed roots music that he plays, like it particularly in the Civil Civil War one. But um, eh. well, that song uh, "Ashokin Farewell" was not even an old song, right? That he leaned heavily on that. So it was the violin song that he leaned uh, on heavily throughout that. Oh yeah, documentary. Not aware, yeah. It was not. It was not an old song. It was like a contemporary number that sounded like an old song right and Ashokan oh. from the Ashokan Reservoir yeah local of re- yeah. reservoir yeah of course yes uh, the number here is 760-422-5528 760-I-CALL-AV if you want to call in and tell us about your dad Sunday is Father's Day and if your dad is still uh, above ground congratulations I mean I uh, lost my father it's got to be 10 years now it might mm-hmm. be uh, 9 can't remember if it was 2011 or 2012. One of those two. He's been gone a minute. So tell me, have have you ever visited his grave? I don't know where the hell he's buried. I mean, no. I don't even know if he's buried anywhere. He might have been cremated. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't know. I mean, my relationship with him was a disaster. Right. Uh, and I, I, I've, I've said this before, and I told you. He, he told me a couple of times he didn't think I was his kid. That oh, he right. thought another man right. was my father. <laughs> And I was I got excited for a minute because the other man um, had wealth. Right. He had uh, stocks, blue chip stocks. He had property in Montauk. He had no children. This guy Justin, <laughs> that my mother oh, yeah. dated for years, Big her payoff. boyfriend. Yeah, and I I kept thinking like if I kept thinking if it's true, I'm gonna get all that, <laughs> get all that money. And it turned out not to be true. After I did the DNA test with my cousin JD. Through twenty three and Me, it turned out uh, my he dad is was not my dad. your father. <laughs> yeah, it's like it was like a reverse lottery. It was like, li- yeah. like it was like losing the lottery. So who got got the money? Like some? Uh, oh, Justin yeah. left all of his uh, wealth uh-huh. to his father's alma mater, namely uh, NYU Medical School. As if uh, NYU you know. Medical School needs more money. Right. As if it needs you know. more money. And the prick that he was, he wasn't always a prick. He was. He was okay to me, like he would drive me places, and in in one of his Pontiac, he always bought a white Pontiac. It was always a two-door, and it was like the Grand Prix or whatever the model was that year. Every year or two, he would swap out the Pontiac for a new, but it was had to be white. It was a white Pontiac. Mm-hmm. So succession of, of Pontiacs, but he would drive me places with his left arm hanging on the door on the driver's door, you know, and he would lean way back in the seat and with one hand, and he would look around and go, Christopher, when I was a boy, none of this was here. He kind of sounded like Joe Pesci now that I think <laughs> I about know, it. Yeah. He kind of did. And he, uh, he, I don't know, he, he was a mason and a contractor and bricklayer and all that kind of stuff. I don't know how much money he amassed through that, but I know that he had blue chip stock and he had property in Montauk and he didn't leave us any of it. He didn't leave my mother any of uh. it. Didn't leave us any of it. I don't even know if he's dead, come to think of it. The last I heard, he was in a nursing home in Pennsylvania. And my brother probably knows if he's still sucking yeah. air. But something tells me he's he succumbed to uh, what takes us all finally. The Grim Reaper. Who knows? Uh, but, yeah, he was my ersatz dad yeah, for many, well. many years. Uh, the guy that was banging my mom. <laughs> that guy. Uh, 760-422-5528, 760-I-CALL-AV. I think there's going to be a lot of fathers dropping in here this weekend. I think there's going to be a lot of kids bringing in their dads, so I'm kind of preparing mentally for that. Um, we'll see what, exactly what goes on. If people are like, Dad, do you want that? I'll buy that for you. You know, it's a, it's a good you know town for dad stuff. The, the Stallions are AAA or... You know, quadruple A, you know, baseball team is playing tonight. They're actually the- collegiate. I hadn't even heard of that. It's collegiate baseball. Uh-huh. Whatever the hell that is. I had a Stallions player come in here last weekend. Had a nice chat with him. A kid from uh, Minnesota uh-huh. by way of uh, Milwaukee. As so I they're not him, all locals or anything? No. no, they get host families and they stay in town. Oh, wow. And uh, he was a young kid and I said, so why... I said, do they pay you? He said, no. I said, so why are you doing it? Are you doing it for the at-bats, for the stats? And he said, exactly. You know, it's a wow. way of 
sort of building up a career, you know? And I don't know this. I don't know if that leads to actual professional baseball. Who the hell knows? But he, uh, when I asked him what position he played, he said midfield and shortstop. And I had always thought it was called center field, but maybe midfield is what they actually Uh. call it. Is, but, there, is there some reason like is center suddenly not PC? Is I, I, it might be a different <laughs> position. You oh. might center field might mean like deep center field, and then midfield is sort of in closer. So you shortstop and, and midfield. You know well, what you I'm know, saying? Well, second baseman sometimes you know cover play, that. Play yeah. The, yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, if we go see a Stallions game, we'll we'll know who he is. Yeah, we'll yeah. know who that guy oh, wow. is. Yeah, <laughs> get his autograph. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the the Socrates Stallions are. The local baseball team. Yeah. I almost made it to a game last Saturday, but it didn't didn't pan out. Seven six zero four two two five five two eight. We're down here doing aerial view at that cave, one hundred six Partition Street in Saugerties. I had this dream that I would set this the whole thing up on the sidewalk today out front, you know, and just oh, get yeah. passers by involved because the weather's kind of nice. Yeah, and as long as I got good Wi Fi there, I could probably make that work. But I got to run that one past my cousin. Yeah, I'm going to talk to my cousin about doing that. I mean, I don't, I don't think why she would, um, you know, reject the idea. It's it's like publicity for the store. And just, yeah, I, don't, I, don't. I really want to do it from the front yeah. window. But oh, yeah. the front window is full of stuff, so that's <laughs> not going to happen quite yet. Well, but yeah. um, we're here for another oh, thir- 23 minutes, 22 minutes or so. So call, give us a call, 760-422-5528, and let us know uh, what kind of dad your dad was, what you did for your dad for Father's Day, what kind of stuff you would do for him, whether it was making pancakes, fetching his slippers, getting his newspaper, packing his pipe, whatever you might have been doing. <laughs> My dad smoked a pipe. You know. uh, That's yeah. his tobacco pouch in there, in that oh, showcase. Sheesh. That's his tobacco pouch, and that might be a couple of his pipes, but that one pipe is one is a pipe that he gifted me many years ago, which led to a disaster between us, like most things did. Like He, he sent me that pipe... And then, for whatever reason, uh, I didn't immediately like acknowledge the gift, and so it didn't go well for me. Did you ever smoke weed out of it? Or? Uh, I wish, yeah, I did. I think I did. <laughs> hey, hey, Phil, is that you? Yeah, what's going on? We're talking about Father's Day and the latest things that you are uh, reading and listening to and watching. That's what's going okay, which, on. Which should we cover first? Well, I, let's hear about your dad. I'm curious about uh, dad, your dad. Yeah. I'm curious about your, I said I'm curious about your, where the hell did he go? I think I just lost him. Let me try him back. Let's see what happened. Yeah, that's not good. You don't want that. All right. I don't want that. I don't want that. Nope. No, sir. Let's, Hello, you've reached Philip Travisano. Uh, yeah, I don't want that either. Sometimes the technology, it just... You know, when you're doing these remotes, I want somebody to... is is. All right, you can't keep doing that because it's not going to work, Phil. Let me call you, and then it'll work. All right, you son of a gun, you. Here we go. Let's do that. You keep messing me up. Here we go. Now we're going to get him on the phone. Except he's not going to answer because he's trying to call me. Every single time. Hey, listen, if we get disconnected, I don't know even why you're, how you're managing to disconnect yourself. I blame you. Uh, No, I blame me. All right. Just wait for me to call you back. Don't, don't call in again. All right. Now, now we're good. Now we can hear you fine. So your dad, was his name Dick as well? It was not. It was Ron. Not. It was Ron. You're, Ron. Don't you have a brother named Ron? Yes. Yeah, so he he's, got the name. He's, he's junior. He's boy, but he got the name. He's a junior. All right. Yeah, they didn't call him Junior, though, because his middle name's different. Wait, the middle name has to be the same or you're not a junior? I think so, yeah. The hell kind of rule is that? <laughs> I don't know. I never knew Maybe. that. Yeah. I, I had I, a brother who I, was a junior, Mario, and I tell you, his no, middle name wasn't the same as my dad's. I don't know, man. This I think this saw. is some arbitrary bullshit rule you just made up. <laughs> well, I can tell you, we ne- no one called him junior ever. So, is Ron short right. for something? By the way, 
Ronald, right? Ronald? Ronald, yes. He was a Ronald. Okay. Yeah, Did you call him dad or, or father? Called him, I remember calling him Dada until I Dada. was probably about four, four. And then I called him Daddy. And then I called him Dad when I was probably, I don't know, nine or something. Daddy, don't you walk so fast. Did you ever sing that to him? I never knew that song. Wayne what do you Newton. mean? You never heard that song? I don't think so. Maybe not the way you sing it. You still don't? Wait a minute. You never heard the Mac Davis song as sung by Elvis Presley, Daddy, Don't You Walk So Fast? That was Elvis? It, well, Elvis and Wayne Newton Wayne same. Newton, yeah. You never heard that, Phil? It, I, I probably did. I probably just don't recognize it the way you're singing it. I don't know. Uh, it starts out with a divorce. Like, there was a lot of songs in the 70s that started, <laughs> started with a divorce, and then the song... Interesting. It's interesting that you bring up Mac Davis, because in the early 70s, my father looked very much like Mac Davis. Oh, yeah. Wow. The fro? Yeah. Yeah. Fro, smiley face, big cheeks. <laughs> so was he also a Mac Davis fan? Maybe you don't have to be a Mac Davis fan to uh, have looked like Mac Davis. It's possible. Fan. My dad was more into the black artists then. Earth, Wind, and Fire, and... Uh, what's his name? Uh, James Brown. Oh, okay. He loved Bill Cosby. I don't know what it was. Wait, he, was he loved Bill Cosby. All right. Well, can't yeah. love Bill Cosby anymore. Sorry. Richard Pryor. Oh, okay, that's better. You can still <laughs> like Richard Pryor. <laughs> I wonder if Richard Pryor was still around, if we would have found out things about him we didn't want to know. You know, like if some some women would have come forward about Richard uh, Pryor. Who knows? I'm sh- I doubt I'm sh- it. You doubt it? No. Okay. Yeah, because... I'm, a, I'm taking the other uh, tack. I, I think, you know, I think he's probably a womanizer, you know. But... All right. Well, Richard Pryor was so open about his stuff. You know, Bill Cosby would never talk about doing yeah. drugs or, sh- or shooting someone's yeah, you always have to. Be, you always have to be really leery of those people who, you know, lecture other people about their morals and ethics. It's going to turn out that they are doing exactly the behavior – it's something my uh, shrink uh, Sheila used to say to me, the one who ended up with dementia. <laughs> uh, she used to say people always accuse others of the behavior in which they are engaged. Right. And you see that over and over and over again. You saw that, uh, especially during the Trump presidency. But, yeah, Bill Cosby was really good at that, of yeah. accusing others of this behavior that he was actually engaged in. Yeah, there was a, there was a common the, common like story among like comedians that they get the Bill Cosby call and you know it's like you know yeah and, uh, yeah yeah doesn't Chris so Rock think- have a routine about that like uh, oh, yeah. or Eddie Murphy Probably. or one of those two it's like, yeah. it's like the the whole thing about how you know you can tell Bill Cosby to suck my dick if he's if he's not paying my <laughs> if he's not paying my bills then what what right, what, what right. does he have anything to say about it yeah. right you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Eddie Eddie Murphy had that story. Yeah, when he was oh. coming up, he brought him. To, <laughs> Bill brought him to his house and kind of lectured him. And right, he didn't say much about it at the time, but he recently, he he was offended by the language, wasn't that it? Yeah. Because he was yeah, like, yeah, "Do you have language. to use that language in your act?" And you know, meanwhile, he's drugging women and fucking them. I mean, this is the <laughs> this is the thing that is yeah. so remarkable about what yeah. he did. It's like he. And, you know, I, I don't even want to get into it. Is he still above ground, Bill Cosby, or did he die? Uh, he's, oh, he's, he's still, still alive. Isn't right. he locked up? Or, or? He's locked up, yeah. yeah. They finally locked that monster up. Oh, man, yeah. What a monster. Yeah. Uh, so, Phil, tell us more about Ron, your dad, Ron. Well, Ron, Ron, I, I, I don't know if I've shared this before, but he was a madman. Madison Avenue guy. Oh, excellent. Oh. Excellent. He had he had started his own agency with mm. Jerry Delafamina, who was a big shot at the time. Sounds in Italian. Early, oh, early he was a big days. club in, impression, Imp- impressario. Impressario, yeah. impresario, oh. yes. Yeah. They, really? This guy, Jerry, Jerry Delafamina, wasn't he the limelight or uh, one of those? Is it the same cat? Maybe, Phil? Yeah. I don't know what you mean. Uh, uh, yeah, Phil Jerry Delafamina was a big you know, New York club guy. It's possible I mean, there were two of Jerry Delafamina. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I, don't I don't know anything about the clubs. I know he was he owned a restaurant on Long Island. Oh, well, then he probably oh, is the same guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Why are you saying uh, no then, Phil? I don't get it. I don't know anyway. anything about the limelight. I never heard the limelight. Well, it wasn't the limelight, but yeah, it's, I mean, he's he was a big... 
restaurant owner in, um, I think, Bridgehampton, you know. Sounds like, mobbed you know. up, if you yeah, ask me. Yeah. But, Phil, uh, did your dad make money at this advertising game? He must have, right? Advertising, yeah. especially back then, there was a lot of money in it. I had, oh, yeah. My yeah. Uh, cousin Jen, whose store is upstairs, her father, my Uncle Homer, was a madman. He was also in the right. advertising racket. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe so, yeah, they knew were, each other. There, Wouldn't that be wild? A lot, of, a lot of similarities, except that my father did not fix cars or do things like that. My, fa- my father is, is still is an artist. I mean, he'll do anything artistic, sculpting, painting, drawing, playing a little piano. But uh, Jen's father was more of a mechanic and all that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, his big... passion was, uh, was, was exotic uh, sports cars. That's, that's what he was right. into. Yeah. Right. And he had the money to support the habit, right? You know, because of Madison Avenue. Yeah, yeah. My my father, my father did quite well. He was. They were one of the. They were one of the most successful, best known ad agencies of the '60s and early '70s. Well, one of my good friends, um, her dad was uh, the guy who uh, did the ad. You know, for Timex watches. You know, takes a licking and keeps on ticking. Mm-hmm. And he also right. had had the one with the floating Volkswagen. You know. Uh, that was a yeah. very effective ad. Yeah, yeah. My uncle my Homer supposedly is, wrote "Everything's Better with Blue Bonnet on it." <laughs> my, my father is my father's a meow guy. Meow, 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 meow. meow. Uh, You're kidding. That was your no, dad. Uh, oh, now I hate him. Get out of here, really. <laughs> I mean, that must have bought a summer home. That jingle. <laughs> well, the thing the thing about advertising is you don't get royalties. You you sell it out right. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. Work yeah. for hire. You get screwed over. So, in other words. So, you know, when Homer Simpson sang it in the 70s and the 80s, I'm sorry, in the 90s, he didn't make any money off that. Does it make you angry? Are you still angry about that, Phil? You like every time you hear it is like Susquehanna Hat Company or Niagara Falls? (laughs) Slowly I turn inch by inch, step by step. I just think he he loved that cat so much more than any of us kids. Oh, you actually had a cat? That makes the story better somehow. No, no, it wasn't the no the cat from the commercial. Oh. That, that wasn't Morris, was it? Or <laughs> no, yeah, uh, no, no, Morris was Nine Lives. Oh, right, right. Wasn't he? Yeah. Nine yeah. Lives. I think. Yeah. How the hell do I know? Wow, your yeah, dad sounds cool. like a fascinating cat. But overall, would you would you say he was a good dad for you? Like, did he yeah. take? Did he show interest in you? Did he say, "Hey, Phil, oh, come here. I want to I want to talk to you." Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, he was very yeah very involved. Wait, is he still alive? <laughs> Yes, he is. Oh my God! I keep talking about him in the past tense. That's horrible. I, I apologize. No, no, well, I mean, well, we're talking about him as a dad. You know, now he's yeah. now he's a grandfather. So right. The yeah. thing. And how old is he now? Yeah. He's eighty-three. Oh wow, that's that's good longevity yeah. there, Phil. Mm-hmm. What yeah, are you going to do for him on good. Sunday? You know what? I hadn't even thought of it. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't even occur to me until this moment. I didn't even well. send him a card. Well, we've You're a lousy son, you know that, Phil? <laughs> you lousy, I lousy swear son. To God, it did not cross my mind. That's Why are you such a lousy kid? I'm great. Look at I all that your father did for you. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do for him? Boop kiss. Ungats. Oh Stugats. Funny. Nothing. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, what I did do for him was I, I designed and laid out his book. He wrote a book about his his. Times at the ad agency and oh, the nice. artist, and it's called the Mickey Mouse Trap. Oh, he, did he get sued he by Walt a, Disney for that? Yes, of course. I, I hope so. That'd be really fun. Yeah. <laughs> what are they going to get? I mean, he's made a few hundred. Get some dollars publicity. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he wrote, he drew he drew a picture of what he thought was Mickey Mouse as like a seven year old, and he got a lot of praise, and that started him being an artist. He was interested in that, and then he went into advertising. So he wrote this book. It's really, it's really fun. Great, great story. Where do we get this book? We got to get it from you. You can get it on Amazon. No kidding. It's, uh, Are people buying this book? His fr- all of his friends and family bought the book. Yep. All right. That's it. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, 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 like regular people who don't know him, are they buying it? Anybody, even you, could buy it, Chris. I'm not, I'm not saying I want to buy it. I'm asking you if he's selling any copies of it. Yes. Yes. And yes, okay. people can buy it. You can go on Amazon. You can look up Mickey Mouse Trap. You can buy it. All right. Would Print you on, do that, Todd? Please go on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do Mouse read. Trap. I wanted to mention yeah. earlier, I do read nonfiction, and that seems like the type of thing that 
you know, I would want to read, you know, as a yeah, I'm going to go on Amazon right now. I want to see this. Yeah. Well, he, he is not the greatest writer, and he knows that. But he, he tells some really great stories. If you want to know what really happened in the ad world back then, this is a good book to read. All right. I just searched Mickey the Mickey Mouse Trap, searching for yeah. applause by right. Ron and then your dad's last name. I want to see if there's any reviews yet. Has anybody reviewed it? I don't know. Oh, I could be the first. Oh, my God. (laughs) This book is literally the worst book I've ever read. No, I wouldn't do that to you, Phil. I've read Uh, all the Madison Avenue memoirs, and this one is top of the heap. Oh, listen to this from August 26, 2020. This was a great book. I laughed out loud at times, but there were also meaningful lessons throughout. It was an interesting life story. I'm glad I read it. So his wife wrote that one? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Does it say who wrote it? Who wrote uh, it? Mark Houston? Uh, Dr. Vinny Mumbats. I don't know who wrote it. It doesn't say Mumbats. Really? It's, it oh, says okay. listener. Hmm. How could it be a listener when they're reading it? I don't, maybe they... Is there an audiobook version? <laughs> Not that I'm aware. Oh, my God. That, let me do it. I'd love to do it. <laughs> and then in 1964, I have my boy Phil... <laughs> the greatest day of my life. Not like that other kid, Ron, named after me. He turned out to be a disappointment. <laughs> oh, man. Did you edit that out from the book? You're like, Dad, you can't put that in. Don't put that in. <laughs> I didn't tell him to take too much out. I mean, he had some he had some some racy stuff in there, some stuff that would be considered offensive. What days. racy? Like what? Now I gotta know. Well, Ra- I, I don't want to get into it because I'm gonna. I'm Did gonna it involve it. starlets? No. What? No. No. <laughs> the casting couch. No. Did you I mean racy or racist? I think no. I think it, well, yeah, a little racist, but. Uh... <laughs> Damn, we're learning more than we wanted to know about your dad. Let's ask this. Let's pivot and ask what kind of father you are. Like, what father lessons did you take from him that you now use on your own children? Well, my stepson is 31 years old. Son of a bitch. But I was in his life from age five on. Um, Yeah, I was was pretty patient. I I listened. I let him do his thing, you know. Yeah, I guided him. You know, when when it was time to talk about serious things, I was there. Other than that, I just kind of let him go. His mom was the, was was really the best. Mother, okay. So, do you have any other children as well? No. No. No, I didn't make I didn't make any myself. Okay. So, you, did you have the sex talk, or was that mom? No, that was that was mom. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'd like didn't to know to what she that. said to the kid. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, well, is he a father now too? Does that make you a? He is. So you're yeah, like a the grandfather. Sex talk, the sex talk worked out. He has an 11 month old son. All right, huh. he figured it out. And then that makes your dad a great grandfather, or he is. He yeah, is. he is, and he's very excited about it. Sometimes stepkids are better than actual kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you get to choose them, you know. It's like... I, I mean, I talked to a lot of truck drivers, you know, when I was doing my truck driving thing. And I swear to God, sometimes I'd be like, my own kids turn out to be a disappointment, but, you know, the stepkids are pretty good. They're pretty good kids. <laughs> they love me. You know, they actually call me on Father's Day. My my real kids, you know, by the way, you're not supposed to say real kids, so I apologize. Right. You know, my biological well, you know. kids, I guess. I guess that's what you yep. say, right? Yeah, All right, so go ahead. I was going to ask Phil what he's doing for Father's Day. What are you doing for Father's Day? I think we're going to go to the ocean. We're, as you know, we're in Portland. It's about a 45 minute, maybe an hour drive to the ocean. We're just going to go and hang out. There's a cute town there. Get some saltwater taffy, that kind of thing. Oh, nice. All right. Well, I, one of these days, I hope to uh, visit you in your native Oregon. Yeah, that'd be great. I've never seen Portland. Got friends that live there. Been meaning to go see them for many years. Wow. So, oh, cool. I yeah. think uh, we you started know, the show with Portland, you know. And we're going to wrap up with Portland. I guess. I want to thank you, Phil, for the call. We do appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank All you. Right, take care. There goes Phil. Bye. Uh, and Phil is now gone. So that was a show, man. That was a whole That was a whole show already. The show is pretty much over. Uh, anything you want to add to the conversation, John? Well, you know, uh, about... you I, neither you or I are dads, you know, and um, how do you feel about that? Uh, there was a time when I felt like I had missed out on something. 
Mm-hmm. And then I realized, like, because of when I met Sweet Tea, we would have, like, a 14-year-old, 13-year-old mm-hmm. at this point. And that would be a disaster. Like, <laughs> me right now with a 14-year-old, I, uh-huh. I just can't feature that. I really, I really can't. I can't imagine what it would be like to have a sullen teenager on my hands who was contemplating, especially if the kid was smart, going to a college that I couldn't afford, uh, you know? Yeah. And I, then I would really be relating to my old man because that's probably where he was at in his life when I was like, hey, I want to, by the way, I want to go to college. College was a lot cheaper back then yeah. when I wanted to go. So I can't imagine what that would be. I'd like to retire someday. I'm glad so, I never had the phase where I hated my parents. I just, you know, yeah. they were, you know, I, I hate to say my, you know, growing up, you know, was a delic, but, you know, kind of was. You know? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't explain Don't why. apologize for it. You don't need to apologize <laughs> you know? for it. I, th- I think that's pretty damn good that it was. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, I am envious in, in many ways. Uh, if only mine had been. But, uh, you know, that story, I've told it. Right. Well, we both seem to have made the best of uh, our upbringings, you know, regardless. You know, so. Yeah, there may have been something to that, having to struggle the way that I did, that uh, built in some kind of resilience. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I like to think I have some kind of resilience. Mm. Do you want to listen to Daddy, Don't You Walk So Fast? Oh, uh, yeah, of course. That, uh, what a way to wrap up the show. Probably the most cloying, horrible song ever. No, that would be Having Your Baby. Uh, by Paul <laughs> Okay. This Stand one's corrected. a distant second. I like <laughs> Mac Davis. Mac Davis is a pretty good song. Though. Let's, I forgot how this goes, though. The love between the two of us was dying. See? Divorce, see? <laughs> and it got so bad I knew I had to I only remember the chorus. <laughs> Sounds better with sound effects. Halfway down that highway When I turned around I saw Everybody, Daddy, don't you walk so fast? I thought I cried. Daddy, don't you walk so fast? Cause you're making me run. Daddy, don't you walk so fast? The kids after us. Get out of here. Uh, <laughs> Give him the boot. Just about every song can be improved with sound effects, by the way. Now Just it saying. broke my heart to tell my little daughter. Uh, yes. Tell her what? That her daddy had to run to catch a train. I'm getting out of here. She had no way <laughs> I was leaving home for good. Oh. Daddy, don't you walk so fast, you son of a bitch! Slow down! Let me again! I'll tell you, this Wayne Newton really delivers this thing, though. You know, this was a top hit in 1972. Yeah. Just made me think that um, one of my ex-girlfriends. Uh, she showed me the letter that her dad wrote her and was like, I'm sorry, honey, but daddy has to kill himself. And did you get white? <laughs> and he did. Oh, my God. Yeah. She showed you that letter? Yeah. Damn. Oh, he went back. I didn't realize he went back. Fudge. Oh, fudge. Oh. I guess that's... All right, now Todd's yeah. weeping real tears. <laughs> yeah, it's Don't like... Don't cry into the microphone. Yeah, Wayne Newton is all about happy endings. Thank you, pardon? <laughs> Take it any way you want. <laughs> oh, man. Bring it home, Wayne. How many times did he have to sing this in Las Vegas? Alright, we'll see you next week Stay here for the Hound Hey, thanks Chris, see you later Guys